to Space Ace, podcast all about asexuality and fandoms. I've got all returning guests today, which is fun. I mean... Gonna... Well, yeah, well, me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't need to introduce me anymore. Like. Well, I know that's what it's... we said last time. I was waiting yeah. for you to introduce yourself. Oh, okay, I'm Matt, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thomas and Sophie are back. I, I, I'm Thomas. I'm... <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm Sophie and I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> It's circle time. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a good couple of weeks since you've both been on, actually. When was the last time I was on? Was it Rose? Yeah, you were on like episode five or something. It was really early on. Oh, God. Yeah, it was age. It was was a couple of months back. Yeah, since I've been back. It's nice to be back. (laughs) My last one was dating apps. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, dating apps. Was, wasn't it? Please update everyone on that. That was the f- when you told me that after oh, you met someone. That was a fun. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, literally the day after, uh, went on Bumble and matched with somebody like and met him. But we're kind of like, yeah, we're in a bit of a weird thing at the moment where he's busy and I'm busy, so we've not really talked to each other. Oh, so it's in a bit of kind of like a maybe. Mm, so, but well, still, I met somebody. It's <laughs> more than what I. Had. Oh. Yeah, we you stay with him long enough so we can do a follow episode episode where you're like, actually, it's not yeah. all bad. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. <he's> on. <laughs> you drag him on, like, here you go. <laughs> this is the podcast I, I slag dating apps on, and now <laughs> I bet you've <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good actually. Oh, that would be that, oh, that, God, that'd that be would be that would be really fun. Fun. Um, it's another character episode this week, and it's our first tortured one actually. So I can't believe we've done yeah, yeah, we haven't just for some reason we haven't we've done every other like sci-fi yeah, character yeah, we've done tortured. Yeah. Um, we're starting off with Tosh because Gwen will happen. It's just the organisation needs to happen that's for that. A, that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big one. That's literally that's going to be like a, a village hall meeting. That podcast <laughs> that literally is. It's going to be like twenty people on it being like. Yes. Okay. Question from the back. Off you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> can we shut Sophie up? Because she keeps yeah. on. <laughs> Sophie's going on into the chronology of how she was conceived and <laughs> that carry. <laughs> That's the episode that. where I just won't <laughs> much. I'll just step back and let you all do all the talking. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even be able to control everybody. It'd be like a four-hour podcast. It'd be literally everyone would just be like, I just love this bit, and when she's this, and when she's, oh, she's so bad at this. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, we have a three-hour record to beat so far, because our longest episode was three hours, so. Yeah, it was a long one. Oh, which one? Um, That was Ivanova, I think. Was it? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Abby was close. Abby was like two and a half hours. Yeah. But They've all been was pretty three. Yeah, we just sent a bit. Mm. I thought the one that I thought the last one that I did was long. I thought that was really I, I like obviously that was only I think that was only ninety minutes, but that that felt like we were talking, and even then we were going on tangents. But like three hours, blooming out. That's that's cut down as well. <laughs> is it cut yeah. down as well? Blooming out. We, we had a lot to say. I mean, we always got a lot to say. Um, but yeah, so we're starting off with Tosh this week, one of the original team members from Torchwoods, and I, I really do. like Tosh. I do. She's Mind you, there aren't a lot of characters in Torchwoods that I just don't like. They're all they're all amazing. Yeah, and I think what's interesting with Tosh is that 
she is one of those characters with obviously at the time of when Torchwood came out, we didn't know that she had originated until series two. But I think that's one of the really interesting things about her is that you kind of, when you first meet her in series one, she's kind of established to be quite this little shy thing. Mm. She slowly throughout series one into two becomes her own being sorry, like I missed that. Oh God, so you shush. <laughs> sorry, that's my phone going. Um, <laughs> oh, this is not going well tonight. Um, uh, she kind of, I, as I was saying, <laughs> that's scary, isn't it? That I'm literally not even, I'm not even talking to that bloody thing, and it's going off. Sorry. So, um, yeah, so she kind of starts off as this shot of quiet little shy thing just getting on with her work and then throughout series one she kind of comes into her own a little bit with um with greeks bearing gifts and kind of in near to the end finale when she's when they're all kind of separated and then series two with adam and um to the last man with um i've forgotten what his name is the soldier guy I think she, her development as a character throughout is is really interesting. Yeah, I think she's one of the and obviously she well, being one of the OG, she being established being an established character as well. It's it's a really interesting interesting take. I always feel quite sad for Tosh though, because yeah. if you look at all of her episodes, they're kind of based around her. They're always to do with her falling in love with somebody and then losing it. Like it's, I always feel quite sad for her that she can never, she never gets that sort of love that Gwen has. Like Gwen has uh, reached, you see that like relationship develop. She can never develop any yeah. meaningful relationships with any men she comes across. Yeah, I always found that quite quite a sad thing that she never got to do that. It's yeah. quite relatable though, isn't it? Because nobody in life really just finds or very rarely finds one person and falls in love with them straight away so I think it's quite an interesting take that obviously like you just said about um Gwen and Reese's relationship and then showing it as a contrast next to say uh Adam and Tosh's toxic relationship because obviously he's manipulating her it's a really interesting um, sub like subverse to it that she's kind of like you just said she's kind of falling in and out of love without she or I and also in the episode you kind of feel like she does rush into it a little bit mm-hmm. and that's quite relatable for a lot of people. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> the more I watch it, I, I was watching Greek bearing gifts today, and I'm just like, I am Tosh. <laughs> <laughs> But then actually, I think a lot of people are. I don't know. I don't know a huge amount of people in my life that are literally still with the same partner that they were with five years ago. And I think that's the very that's the really interesting, uh, like opposite to Gwen and Tosh. Gwen is very settled. Or, well, she seems to be. Um while Tosh is kind of j- jump, I'm making her sound really dodgy, but she's kind of jumping between men. Like, it's like she can't, she hasn't really found anybody to settle with. She's got kind of her like childhood sweetheart, but he doesn't love her back with and Owen. She's settled in her own sense of, not relationship wise, but she's settled within 
her own life and the way that she conducts her life is she feels mm. very she doesn't feel like she's abrupt at all especially in that first season she does feel like quite a settled human being um, yeah compared compared to Gwen who is in this new world and just goes flies off the rails yeah, yeah. she uh, settled isn't she? and in the first series you just see her just clod along mm. whereas other characters mm. exploding all around her yeah Exactly. She's kind of one of those characters that throughout series one, she's kind of her 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 work ethic and her work life is kind of settled, but behind the scenes, it's just crumbling. Like her, she hasn't obviously we don't know in series one about all of her, her how she joins Torchwood, but then we later discover obviously with all of the stuff to do with her mother being kidnapped and the context and actually her her life is actually quite sad. It's an incredibly lonely life she lives. But I think a lot of them in Torchwood live quite isolated, lonely lives. I think the only character that doesn't have that is obviously Gwen. She's the only one that's kind of got a real normal life outside of that job. Everyone else, all those other characters, Tosh, Owen, Yanto, they're all lonely. They're all lonely people with nothing other than that job. That's the thing. Tosh always, always longs for somebody to talk to as well. She longs mm. for, to spill all the secrets of her, her day with somebody, but she feels she's unable to do that because of like how top secret, not secret, yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. yeah, she's interesting. You do kind mm. of get that feeling that all the characters in Torchwood are lonely. Because mm. in the first mm. episode, other than Gwen, they all take a bit of the uh, with a lot home with them. Yeah, like Owen takes technology. that spray. Yeah, uh, Tosh takes that um, reading thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, mm. and I think in uh, is it exit wounds, the one where you see their background fragments. fragments. Yes. Oh yeah, fragments. Yeah. They're all like they live such depressing lives before Torchwood. I know. They've all got such baggage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all born out of just complete and I, just, I don't know. Like yeah. tragic life, and then they found Torchwood. Mm. I think Tosh's story as well shows that she she isn't as solitary as and as quiet as she makes out to be in obviously in in the first and second season when you find out her past and that she sort of you know broke in to get steel like you know blueprints to make a sonic modulator and things like that. It's like kind of like. You'd never expect that. Because <laughs> I, I know it. Sonic modulator. All right. Someone's been on Tortured Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Watch these episodes a thousand times. I know it's like that. All the details. Yeah. Sorry, Sophie. Continue. I'm just messing. <laughs> but no, <I> was... <laughs> <laughs> Is as I was saying, she, is, she is she isn't as quiet and subdued as she makes out. She does. I think she does have a spark in her. When mm. she needs to use it, she'll use it. She doesn't have to do it constantly. She doesn't have to show it constantly. She's and not so attention she, seeking like, like other. When always wants to show it, where and maybe Owen tries tries to show it more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she can easily just sit at a computer do some notes for unit, whatever Jack wants to do, and she's fine with that. Mm. Mm. I mean, kind of going yeah. back to 
what you said before about her going from like guy to guy as well it seemed like she came out of her shell more when she was with someone else or like there was something going on which is kind of sad because it shouldn't be like that well what's interesting with series two is that you have two episodes very very close to each other that are very um tosh focused Mm -hmm. and obviously you've got to the last man which is kind of her her standalone story for that season and then you've got adam now, am I right in following they follow each other? Adam Adam is after the Oh, there's there's meat. There we go. Yeah. So there is a gap, but they're very close to one another in storyline-wise. But if you compare those episodes to each other, obviously they're very tosh love story heavy. Um and you compare the relationship she has in them with Tommy, she's like she's known from what from what I remember, I think it's insinuated that she knows they they obviously have to wait Tommy every year to kind of make sure he's ready and stuff. So she knows Tom, she's known Tommy for a couple of years. Um, so their relationship has kind of blossomed. While on the other hand, her relationship with Adam in Adam is kind of overnight and forced and it's manipulated. So it's a really interesting, like side by side comparison of like two different relationships she goes through. Both have terrible outcomes. Tommy ends up being sent back to 1941 and Adam is vanished into nothing. But if you compare the relationships in that, those two episodes, a way that she kind of, handles both of them I, I just think end of the day she just desperately wants to be loved by somebody it's so obviously clear from the get those episodes that are quite tosh heavy you have sort of like little droplets of of tosh and owen as well oh, like God. her, her yeah. giving in the sandwich like and she's just you know makes you realize you know, yeah. you can't have a life outside this kind of place. And I think that seeing Gwen and Reese together sort of makes her also think at that point that maybe there really could be something more outside of Torchwood. And yeah. definitely makes her yeah. express herself a little bit more. I'm not I'm not a massive fan of of that kind of obviously they paint it, they kind of build it in series one and then they t- I think they do take it a lot more seriously in series two but I don't I don't think realistically a lot of people are like oh if only like series two had ended differently like they would have been happy and I I honest to god still to this day think they would not have lasted five minutes they literally wouldn't would I think never give, her, give her a happy ending or, or they happy. would have they would have had like one day he would have gone off probably left her like in a bar gone and hooked up with someone else and then came back and like she'd be gone that's the kind of person that Owen is like they're not compatible for each other like mm-hmm. I think it's clear throughout the series two it's made abundantly clear that he just they wants set, I think they set them up to make the audience think oh there could be something and it could be something to, to, to a point and when you get to exit wounds and when they're like together and having that like heart to heart conversation, when obviously Owen doesn't know that she's basically bleeding to death, and mm. he's there, he's not, he's gonna die again. Um, <laughs> it's all built to that. Oh, we're gonna get something now. 
and it's like a sort of climactic point and then it sort of gets shattered into pieces. I think that's what makes their deaths even hurt even more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with, it's more impactful. Yeah, with them, I really wanted it to be the case of they had that first date and it took that for her to realise, actually, he's not what I want. You know, when you look at someone and you think, oh, they're the person I want to be with, they're the one. But then when you get there, you're like, actually, this isn't what I thought it would be. That's what yeah. I want, yeah. kind of wanted to happen, so her to have that realisation. Yeah, I think the the I think their ending is is perfect. I wouldn't change it one bit, yeah. and I I don't ever agree since with people being like, oh, they should come back or be brought back in any way. Because I think that's some of I think that is some of the best. I think it's some of the best character development and ending i've ever i've seen done in kind of the doctor who universe of things it's so strong it's like some it's stronger than some of the stuff that's been done for the main tv show and you know when stuff like that is done really well it just shines so prominently and i think i wouldn't change that one bit if if we could keep that ending pristine untouched i think that's just so perfect i think it would just put such a dampener if anything was to ever be brought back or anything was to ever be retouched with that with those two endings i think they're so beautifully tied up i think if you brought them back in any way it would just absolutely crap on it and just ruin it yeah yeah she like the uncle more is absolutely amazing in that and it's weird to think that that was actually done after the rap party. Was and it? They were skeleton crew. So yeah, it was like the day after the rap party, they had to film that scene. Oh. Um, and so obviously you can guess what they probably would be like. As you imagine being wrecked. <laughs> you imagine being wrecked at like 3am, going home, having a quick chunder in the toilet, then going to bed for like three hours, waking up, like having a quick reread of the script and like kind of just sorting yourself I'm out. Today. <laughs> yeah. Oh right, I've got to die in a minute. So like sort myself out. <laughs> right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go for take. Oh, Whose idea was to have the rap party and then their death scene? <laughs> Who decided that was a good idea? I don't know, but to yeah. be fair, you couldn't tell, could you really? Like your eyes, maybe. Yeah. Probably <laughs> worked in their favour. Like being on the floor, she didn't have to move a lot really during that scene, did she? Uh, I was gonna say, knowing that if anyone could, uh, could handle it, they could, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. a, a skeleton crew is literally the last thing, yeah. I but mean, then that's good, really, because then that also, what's good is that stops that from leaking. There's two, and also, it's got to if you're an actor and you're trying to do a scene like that having i cannot imagine having about 90 members of crew kind of just it, it's almost like doing theater yeah to an extent if they're all watching you you've got boom guy hanging over you you've got a camera shoved right up in your face and you've got to do do that kind of a scene like that high octane scene like it's so I, I I cannot I have such respect for actors that can pull off that kind of a performance while doing like that kind then, of... then again with the whole you say you say a lot of crew members like watching you that also probably might build the sort of 
the you know the feeling that you get when you go out on stage and you perform that yeah feeling, like, like you say going out and doing theater it's mm. kind of feels like that so you get that feeling because i think it always some of the best acting comes when you're supposed to put under pressure a little bit yeah yeah i just probably yeah no that that i'm gonna look at that in a whole new way now knowing how yeah, drunk I I hung, how hungover they would have been like how many we're all drinking but knowing this cast yeah probably how yeah. many times did she chandler before this <laughs> how many times did Noka? more i bet there was a sick bucket literally right next to her like she was just like right guys hang on a second <laughs> right I, I don't think I let's go no, I did know. I did go to Miracle with her in. Uh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was drinking. Yeah, yeah. So I can only imagine. Yeah. She doesn't get too drunk though. I think Neoko knows a limit. She's yeah. she's she's like she knows a limit. Other people maybe not. And that's for a whole different podcast. <laughs> I'm back for another week where we discuss the Torchwood's drinking habit. Honestly, we could do a I feel like there'd be a lawsuit coming for us if we start discussing stuff like that. There is, yeah. If we stop recording, we'll share. We'll share, but oh god, there's yeah. God, we're gonna go off tangent. We're going off tangent. We're going off tangent. That's okay because Matt didn't know there were. No, I didn't know there would be drinkers. Oh god, yeah, defo. Yeah, God. There's things that I've seen that I wish I could unsee. Jesus. I make that sound like really creepy. Like it's like it's totally like PC. It's just a bit like extreme. Some of the stuff we've seen them do. But anyway, continue, Bronte. <laughs> um, <laughs> where is it? Where to go from that? We were on the perfect ending. We were on the perfect that, that ending. Be, yeah. I think that was where it was. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. Ending. yeah again i can't imagine it ending any other way it's so beautifully done it's so heartbreaking but it's like a good heartbreak like you feel yeah. so filled afterwards because it was so well done yeah they shouldn't be and, I, and i remember i think it was obviously they did um during lockdown last year that we would they were doing all the rewatches and stuff and a lot of people were saying oh why did you have to kill her and why did they have to get rid of her and i think now it makes perfect sense because you you rewatch. I think it's made quite obvious in fragments of how dangerous Torchwood is. It's made so obvious in fragments with all the Jack backstory. Like, I think it was very cleverly hidden that we were coming up to someone dying. It was planted quite obviously within those episodes, kind of. You'd had Owen kind of be killed earlier on in that season and Tosh was kind of developing quite a bit. Uh, you could kind of feel rewatching it now. Obviously, at the time, necessarily you might not pick up on it, but realistically, watching it back now, you could probably pick up of where they were going to with that ending. And I think if one of them had survived, so say like Owen had survived and Tosh had died, I think there would have just been something disconjointed about it. Yeah. Her being like, "Oh, like I love you." I've always loved you. It would be some like really stupid, like it'd feel tacky. It'd feel like, oh God, like, oh, what is she doing? Like, stop embarrassing yourself. Like, I think her, her, them tragically, him not thinking that she's dying and him about to die, but she's dying as well. There's something quite tragic about that. Very that they're about to vote. In a what, sort of sense, it's very Shakespearean. Yes. That. A bit Romeo Juliet, yeah, in that sense that they're they're both dying. Well, obviously she doesn't mean to die, Romeo and Juliet. Oh no, he doesn't mean to die. He drinks the poison. Oh no, we're going on a tangent. Um, yeah, so you kind of 
watch it and i think that's what definitely makes it more tragic is they both die kind of within a couple of minutes of each other so you kind of they kind of die happily in a sense that they go off like that they're off all in lovely pearly gates of heaven and skipping through the clouds together when really uh but i think they needed those deaths both of them i think torchwood needed that both of them to die because it needed sort of a bit more of a development of that team and that grief. Yeah. And I think and it needed to up the scale. Those characters in season yeah. three to be what they are. And I think if you had gone into season three with all five of them, I don't think there would have been enough plot for like for all of them. I think how series three works so well is it builds from the grief of that finale and and actually, even in Doctor Who, because obviously from series two of Torchwood, it goes straight into timeline wise, it goes straight into Stolen Earth. Mm-hmm. And they're very briefly mentioned in that. Wait, and obviously, no, I mean, oh, yeah. Gwen and uh, Gwen Yanto and Jackson. Yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're, yeah. They're, and, and Toshiko is obviously one of the re- main reasons that that's Gwen and Yanto survive Stolen Earth and Journey's End because of the force field stuff that's put up in the hub. Really but it's just, yeah. I think if you would have that, you and I also, I, again, going back to my point, I think you imagine if they were, Russell was probably planning Stolen Earth, if he had gone, oh crap, I've got the cast of Sarah Jane and I've got five actors for Torchwood and I've got t- nearly 12 actors from Doctor Who to kind of budget, it was never going to work. So I what think really... <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing. It realistically, it would have come down like that. Those two episodes were budgeted so strictly as it was. You imagine trying to fit another two, three members of cast into that. Like, really, really interested though that actually in the original sort of like arc for season two, um, Owen was never meant to die. Really, it was Yanto who was meant to die. Um, so really, he got he got in the series out of it. Gareth David Lloyd should be very thankful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was it's very it's very interesting how I think a lot of uh, he, he did it twice. Well, he did it with Reese. Reese was supposed to die in season one and not come back, but he definitely he changed his mind a lot about who dies. So mm-hmm. I think maybe it was a very last minute decision to kill the, like the both of them off. Yeah. I think Owen was definitely going to go, but I don't know if I, I don't know if Tosh. See, I I thought it might have been quite interesting to see if maybe uh, just Tosha died, because I think mm. Owen died already yeah. a couple of times. Ish, yeah. And I think, imagine if only Tosha died, the injustice of him wanting to die, yeah, and his potential love interest dies instead, and just mm. her. They might have been able to do something with with him. Possibly. Like, how would he cope with the fact that? He wanted to die because he's sick of having. You can't even drink, can he? Because it will no. just come straight out of him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the one person who didn't deserve to die died. I think that might have been quite interesting. Mm. But yeah, that would be a great thing. To do. <laughs> mm. huh? Because actually, that's another, and that's another thing with which we'll probably likely go on to. But with the stuff that Big Finish have done with Toshiko and Owen mm. as characters and kind of. Uh, giving that because obviously with series two they've only got a certain amount of episodes to cover and when you listen to those audios obviously they slot them in into certain episodes and you can just uh, it gives such a development to those characters and actually listening to them because obviously I know a lot of the 
tortured fans don't listen to them because obviously to do with multiple reasons but um they're so cleverly slotted in that it builds so much extra context and actually helps the actual series itself it gives more to the ending and more depth to those characters it's so so good i also think the novels do that as well like yeah and the novels being one of them for tosh really um so i can't i'm trying to remember what it's all about oh it's about a building that thing you build i haven't read it in about 10 years but i remember she's on the front of that cover um they do build quite a nice backstory and a very interesting backstory to quite a lot of the characters those novels it's really hard to know though in like the doctor who universe what's canon and what's not and yeah. it's down to the opinion of, a, of the fans and i think that's why torture fans argue the most it's about what's canon and what's not canon yeah. Um, yeah. it's one of those universes where they can the writers can just like make stuff up on the spot and just go yeah. with it yeah. Yeah. Is the worst, well, take every decision made with a pinch of salt. I, I, I think ca- canon wise, it's I think I've always taken it as if you don't see something as canon, fine. But if it's in your face and basically being proven to you that it is canon, it's canon. You can't ignore it because it's not fitting to your basis of what's canon. The audios and the books, they're what I would call optional canon, but stuff that's brought in on main TV shows and stuff that is established quite clearly, I would say is canon. I I wouldn't call Big Finish optional canon, but to some people it is, which is understandable because not everyone has access to it. It's not like the TV show, which is on iPlayer and stuff like that but yeah it's I, I think it's always a bit of a subjective opinion canon for a lot of people and it causes a lot like what Sophie said it causes a lot of arguments and discussions about what's canon and what's not canon like because the problem is when there's a lot of different formats and medias of certain things it's kind of like some things do different storytelling so like the comics will do like a drastic storyline for example this isn't one of them but like Tosh is pregnant well how does that fit in which part is that and I think think, yeah it's all kind of like subjective canon you kind of just pick realistically to what you think would be the most realistic Obviously, there's the TV canon, which if you want to just believe that, that's just 13 episodes a season. But obviously, if you want to follow the TV and say the Big Finish canon, then you slot in where certain episodes fit. Because obviously, the Big Finish ones don't necessarily work to like, oh, it's set up directly after this episode. Maybe one or two of them are like that, but the rest of them are, um, they're all kind of, you can slot wherever. But yeah, canon is one of those that really separates people's opinions. My, my personal opinion with like canon, especially with big, big finish, I think for Tosh, I probably would take her, like, her big finish stories as canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one issue that I now have, which was created by Chris Chibnall, is the whole Revolution of the Daleks plot mm-hmm. for Gwen and season five and six of torture and big finish and that's where my canon gets a bit muddled up and so I think but I think that's actually Chibnall's fault for not sort of thinking but I think Russell thinks about 
the wider the wider scope of what you know the universe is and i don't think chris thinks about it as deeply as russell would i think the bbc have got their their fingers in a lot of i think the bbc are also responsible for it to an extent because they obviously have to green or big everything from big finish has to be greenlit by them everything has to be read by somebody at the BBC to basically be like, yes, you can do that. You can do that in this story. Or no, you can't do that because that's that's like not good for that. That that wouldn't give a good representation for that character. And they obviously they do that with a lot of a lot of lot. And they do it with Doctor Who as well. To be fair, I think I think anything that's got a multi multi platform thing like Doctor Who, everything will be will be censored and it'll be read through and like carefully monitored but I think end of the day it always comes back to with canon it always comes back to what you think works best and for me personally the what I see as canon is everything that I've listened to and anything I've read which is related to Torchwood. It's crazy how one line though can absolutely just obliterate like yeah. well it can send it can send forums to meltdowns this is the problem and i think this goes back to what you were saying if you don't do your research which unfortunately to him i don't think he did and i don't think anybody fact checked it but that's the question i'm, I'm going to ask did the bbc or big finish did they say explicitly right like, this is canon or do they just leave no. it up interpretation I think what, like I was just saying, I think it is left to the fans kind of like you can, if you choose to, because a lot of, like Sophie said a minute ago, a lot of tortured fans don't think that Big Finish's version of five and series five and six is, is canon. People ignore it because they don't like, they don't like the, they don't like, yeah, Sophie didn't like it. I don't, I'm not mad on it, but I, I kind of, I think it's going to be the only you can't canonical that. thing that we ever get as a continuation. So in my eyes, it, it is, some of it is canon, but some of it is definitely not. Some of it is appalling, but I'm going on a tangent, but I, but I think it is down to, going back to what you were asking, I think it is definitely, they kind of, they kind of go I think the B they go to obviously the BBC they have to get approval for everything and then the BBC will go no that what I don't think that's good because that might be a bit much what episode was it that nearly didn't get made for Big Finish Torchwood what was it oh what one was it It it's one of the Bern Gorman ones there was there's a Bern Gorman one. I think it's I think it's hands down one of the best Torchwood audio stories out there. I'm gonna quickly just keep talking a bunch of stuff. I'm just gonna have a quick look at my CD rack because I can't remember the name of it anymore. And also, with the, as going back to obviously Canon and stuff like, and then you have that thing with Head Canon that yeah, as well, which is like obviously passionate fans. I have certain Head Canon with certain things with to do with Gwen and Reese mostly like I don't know that a lot of other people have it, like Yanto and things like that I think yeah he explains what head cannon is is there different yeah there are different types of cannon are there different yeah, yeah. so yeah. head cannon is kind of like what you perceive to be true in your mind like what you've made up which is basically similar to what I was just saying head cannon is probably the most 
knowledgeable term for it but like optional canon canon is pretty much the same thing it's just it's basically what you just choose to be canon in your eyes it's basically example would be like if i think it my version of something being canon would be like oh well i think that Tosh making this decision in in this audiobook is canon because it links to this and Sophie may come back and go oh no 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 that's not head canon in my eyes because this contradicts something in like the end of series two it's like it, it, it it's another reason why it causes conflict online because people's head canons kind of collide and they go well no that's that's not right that doesn't meet with my version of canon and it causes arguments and that's the creation of Twitter right there, but um yeah. but yes, it's kind of well, we're going on a I'm going on a bit of a tangent with Canon, but it's very much a, a big prominent thing in, in in a lot of especially Doctor Who, yeah. Canon is a massive we're talking about Canon. I've just got the books out to do a bit of research. Um, because I was obviously watching Greeks Bearing Gifts before and I also found that sometimes the actual these yearbooks can be slightly wrong as well in terms of dates they were born. I know it's like really petty, <laughs> but as like a hardcore Tumultuous fan, it, it means something. <laughs> like, That's the thing. That's another example of when stuff is being sent obviously to bbc because that's another that's the other type of media books and stuff like that which are being sent through for approval stuff gets missed all the time there's mistakes and like people's middle names are different in certain books she's born in 1975 and in this book she's born in 1981 yeah like a six-year difference just going back to what i was saying about this story that was never nearly not made for big finish oh, it was a story called corpse day and i at the time it was it was burn gorman's big return to torchwood after um big finish had gotten the license to do it and um the early reviews had come in and everyone had said it's literally like it's so it's so torture because torture what something torture could always do was do storytelling that doctor who couldn't and listening to it i can tell why it nearly didn't get made it is so for an audiobook it's so graphic it's so you can it's one of those very rare occasions when you listen to an audiobook and you go oh my god i can actually i can if i shut my eyes i can see that episode unfolding in my mind like it was so graphic it's got like a weevil in it and it's got like a like a weevil having basically a, a relation a sexual relationship with a human what and basically oh, this sorry to anybody who wants this to it but it's so it's been out for a couple of years <laughs> it's been, she basically there's like a there's a birth scene she's basically it's all to do with uh, a weevil a man is keeping these girls in his basement and he's basically making them have unconsensual intercourse with this weevil and one of them is pregnant one of them is pregnant with, one of them is pregnant with uh, a weevil and there's basically this one bit where it's got him and tom price in it that um it's got him and tom price in it and um 
that it, there's this whole giving birth sequence and it's the most horrific thing ever her whole body basically gets ripped apart it's oh, utterly horrendous and sorry going back sorry it's a very long tangent but they basically it nearly didn't get cleared because the bbc were like this is too graphic is it good though like- it's so good it is honestly i think it's some with the other big finish stuff they've done i think it's some of the strongest it's james goss and he's so good like He's just such a strong writer. And actually, uh, yeah, if I was to recommend, obviously, sorry, it's not Tosh related, but if anyone was to listen to one, it would have to be that one because it's utterly, it it battles the conversation of consent and all of that and the poor girls that are being held hostage. And, oh God, it's so good. I I was just an absolute, uh, by the time the hour had finished, I was a mess. I was like, this is meant to be relaxing. This is not relaxing. (laughs) you didn't I mean, sign on for that. I mean, and again, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. But it's really interesting that they, they chose to do that story with Owen, of all people, like, like the yeah. player. Like you the, definitely couldn't do a story. I think it would be, I think, well, I think you could do, actually, to be fair, I think you could do it with, like, Gwen or any of the other characters. Yeah. I think it just works better with Owen because the by man. that point, he's dead in this in this door in corpse day he's dead already so he's yeah. kind so of like, linked with the kings that king of the weevils and things like that yeah and that's all that's all brought into it as well because obviously by that point he's had this connection with the weevils but it's really interesting but like to me in my eyes that's canon mm. Mm. to some people that wouldn't be canon that wouldn't be seen as like Oh no, well, because I've not listened to that. It's really interesting debate. I could probably talk more about it, but we're here to talk about Tosh. So let's go back <laughs> on to Tosh. <laughs> kind of that kind of same, but more back on topic. I listened to a really good big finish audio with Tosh, and I'm yeah. saying that that's canon because it was it was kind of just linking a lot of what we've seen of her just in different ones. I don't know what it was called. It was one where like people were dying from like bad thoughts or something. Oh yeah, it's the problem is they now do so many with they've they're now onto like part plus fifty stories in with the monthly range for those. So it's really interesting when you kind of you're trying to look back and remember because they've now done so many, especially with Tosh and with Owen. Now they've done so many with those characters and with Yanto. God, they do. I think Yanto does one every other month, um, but. Um, Tosh's ones are, I think are so good and you can tell that Naoko really cares and she you can tell like she really is particular when she's picking these scripts up especially with, with Naoko anyway like when you meet her and when you're around her you can still see that she like really enjoys like talking to the fans and enjoys like enjoys talking about her time on Tortured it's not one of those jobs where it's just like, oh, whatever. Like, she genuinely enjoyed her time on there. Mm. And I think that, that sort of shows uh, when, when, you, when, you, when you see her as well. Yeah. Mm. That kind of rings true with all the cast, to be fair. I think that's why we love we love it, because they mm. love it, simply. Yeah. Passion in their acting. Yeah. They really care about it. And I think... That, and I think some actors they go on to jobs and actually uh, this is not any 
dig at any actors that do because at the end of the day an actor's job is to go onto a set play a character and leave it behind but some with what's been spe what's special about Torchwood and those characters is that those people haven't really been able to leave those characters behind because of the of the of the following it's been given and the the love that it constantly receives and um I don't think those, those characters are ever going to die. Like they'll live on in some shape or form forever in people in people's in people's DVDs, in people's audiobooks and comics. That's another thing with extended media is the fact that really once you're a character like that and you're an established character, you're not going anywhere really, unless you do something really really bad. But that's a different person for a different time. Um, that's a whole different story we're not going into that we're not going into that that's that's, that's another different podcast to talk about yeah i think i think a lot of torchwood uh well as you said it can um it can touch upon things that doctor who can't mm. a lot of it is stronger for that yes yeah especially series like two, two and three that I'd say that a lot of that is probably even if not stronger than a lot of Doctor Who. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very. Strong TV. I I think with 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 Torchwood, it hasn't got a limit no. with yeah. where it can go because it's for adults. It can go as less graphic as it wants, and it can go as graphic as it wants because it's for adults. So it can it can do that it, that juggle doctor who has a very very steep red line where it can't cross with it being either graphic or bloody or swearing or violence or guns and stuff like that it's kind of that that line that literally if you go over it then you'll get complaints and and doctor who has tried to do that you've had you've had seasons where they've tried to make it more scary and they've had complaints about it being too scary which is ridiculous because i don't think anything could be ever too scary unless it gets violent or bloody which it never does but i think that's the good thing about what torchwood gave is that it gave people the option if they don't want to watch something that is for children because Doctor Who is marketed for it's marketed for all age ranges, but it is primarily for kids. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you can at least go and watch Torchwood, or yeah. the significant other spinoffs. Quite yeah. interesting that our our friendship group um, see actually how young we started watching Torchwood. Because mm -hmm. you thought back now and you thought, oh, eleven year old child watching. Watching Torchwood, I don't think so. I think I think because attitudes have changed now. I feel like it, nowadays, God, you've got you've got teenagers like you've got teenagers watching things like Stranger Things. That like you watch an episode of Stranger Things and you think, blimmin' hell, like that's like Torchwood, like vi like violent level turned up ten knot, like. I, I just think it's a different time we live in now compared to back then when stuff like that would like it's just a bit of bit of, bit of blood like nothing so I think if you were to put torch if they were to do torture now and do it to the level of what Stranger Things is at where it's like really thing I think you would definitely not have as many people watching it as well to be fair because you could just go online and watch things now mm. without having your parents like, yeah 
I wasn't even allowed to watch Torchwood when I was about nine or ten, or however old I was. I oh, no, to... neither was I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I wasn't, but I remember vividly. I think I did watch series one. I don't remember how series two. My dad used to sneak me episodes every week because I had I had my own computer at this point, <laughs> yeah. and he he got them on a memory stick for me every week and was like, "Here you go. Here's your next one. Don't tell your mum." Like every week, and then series three was the first one I watched live. I think series three was the one I started to see bits of on TV, and then I don't think realistically it was until halfway through series four. I went back and watched all of it properly. I'd seen bits of the first two seasons, but I, I think so I, I was halfway through four and I was like, I should probably go back and watch the rest of it. Because I'd seen obviously the end of series three where Jack goes off because the, the, the thing is with being a Doctor Who fan is that he was popping up in Doctor Who regularly. So it was like, oh, well, he's just... Is if you only follow Doctor Who, it would kind of make sense. But then when you watch it in Torchwood, he's kind of vanishing here, yeah. left, right, centre. So it was, it was definitely for me. It was season two where I started to really become like obsessed. Yeah. Um, mm. About about it. I, think I watched series one. Like quite liked it because I like Doctor Who. But then it was definitely season two, and then season three. I was like, boom! I was obsessed. Oh season God, three season three. Yeah. one of the like, best. Like my hair brown, everything. <laughs> <laughs> but I think by that point, it, it was so. It was by series three. It was ev everybody. Everybody knew about it. It was kind of. It was on BBC One. It was being spoken about. I think by that point, it was kind of more mainstream than maybe series one. Of but obviously, them other than series one and two had been. So a lot more people were talking about it. It's really interesting. I will never forget the week that Children of Earth went out because it was, it was very interesting. It was similar to what uh, with this with earlier this year we've had with Line of Duty. It was like event television, like everybody, every night. Obviously, I was in school, but like I came home and it was it was on the news. Like there was articles about it. Like you literally could not escape it. Everybody was talking about it. It was having incredible reviews from the press yeah. like every night. So it's like it was on an absolute high at the time. But My, my brother actually studied it. I know. My, my older brother studied it in RE. Very Nordwood. Uh, oh, right. Like an ethics yeah. Um, module. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. he doesn't even like sci-fi. So... He, he loved it. Same yeah. as my dad. My dad hates that kind of thing. And he loved he loves Torchwood. Yeah, I but was... I think Torchwood was one of those shows that it wasn't necessarily always focused. Doctor Who was always there to be about the aliens and the Cybermen and Daleks. You would come to Torchwood and you would have just basically it would be because it's all set on earth so none of it is set in space you don't have torchwood well, very, very it can be very political yeah it was very it was kind of fighting difficult conversations which is what doctor who now has to do which is what what doctor who now well what doctor who not has to do it now does instead of having spin-offs to rely on to be political they now take that on board which i don't always agree a lot, with. a lot of people now like obviously over <laughs> what's happened in the past year and obviously our governments and things like that and Trump and things like that. It's a lot of people are now going back to Torchwood. So I mean, mostly season three and season four and going, oh, actually what Russell wrote in these seasons is happening right now. Like yeah. 
they, they can see comparisons. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of going back a little bit to a before conversation um, in terms of like Children of Earth. I mean, what impact do you think Tosh would have had if she had been alive at that point? Say that Owen had died and that that his story was done. If Tosh had been around, like, how do you think she would have impacted the story? I feel like she maybe would have died quite early on. I feel like she may have died. I know that sounds really bad. I feel like she may have been, like caught up in that episode one ending mm-hmm. that amazing yeah, ending. No, I feel good. like if she had been in it I don't think she would have been in it for long because I felt like what they were trying to do with series three was to knock people out they got rid of like they went within one season they went from having five to two yeah like literally they went from having they went from having five cast members to just Jack and Jack and Gwen so I think if they had story-wise, the only way I think she would have fitted into it, is she probably would have been the a bit similar to the Lois Abiba character. But then what they had planned with Martha and Mickey being in Children of Earth, I don't think I I don't think it would have worked. I think it would have been too crowded. I don't know really though. Going back to oh, doesn't it? It's hard to think of her in it when I think that her ending was so perfect that mm-hmm. I feel trying to put her into the next season i just don't think it would it would have worked i don't think you could have potentially have done children of earth with with that i think if they were going to have kept her on i think they would have probably have had to done something different and then done children of earth i think personally i think that storyline i think if not what you have is too many characters or if it had happened i think she would have died quite early on in children of earth i think it would have been like a proper like early death but I then, then I think that would have been. I don't think that would have been justified for that character. And, and it, yeah, it would have shocked. I think it would have shocked the team too much that they it wouldn't be the, the story wouldn't have been able to carry on as it as it did. Yeah, and I think that would have been double until then. It would have been double kick in the teeth as well because you'd have lost Toshiko in episode one and then Yanto in episode three. So that literally would have been gone from like four cast members down to down to two within like two episodes so it's like it's i think it would have been too much all in one go tragedy wise yeah. children of earth did really well with the shock value but i think you've had too much and it will become predictable mm. if they just start yeah I, I agree i think i think there's such an even amount of everything and you have the i think it's the the story is about the aliens coming here for the kids like i think if you start focusing it too much on that cast and that um, and that that Torchwood team too much, I think you would have. I, I actually, I think do realistically. I think if they had had Toshiko in it, I think Reese would have been sidelined even more. Mm. I think and money wise, they probably wouldn't have been able to afford it. It had been too many cast members. Or and I, and I think that series really brings Reese out of his shell even more. Mm. Like I I, so, I enjoyed Kyoin so much being like part of the team yeah um because he, he is so good as reese i think he was like made for that character yeah, yeah so. right yeah love love reese mm. I've, I've actually got another sort of question about tosh okay um going back to adam because i was just saying mm. 
Salzburg can sort of touch upon things that Doctor Who can't. And in Adam, we literally see uh, Tosh get manipulated um, and her whole character changes. Like, mm. it, she's more confident in that. But again, this is what, 2007, mm. 2008? Do you think it's quite unconsensual with Adam? Because. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He's he, he manipulated his way in there. He's sleeping yeah. with her. He's, oh, he's, God, yeah. It's definitely. Thinking on it, it's definitely, it's definitely, there's a lot of hidden themes within Torchwood and consent and stuff like that would definitely have been one that is definitely a theme in definitely Adam, I agree 100%. You kind of watch her be manipulated. That was the reason, that was the point I was bringing up earlier was the difference between her relationship with Tommy being consensual. They both kind of loved each other compared to Adam, which was, it was completely manipulated. Like he's a parasite mm. pretty much. Yeah, and he, yeah. And he's one of those people that you kind of, yeah, it's really interesting. And he, and yeah, he, Adam, yeah. he makes him trust him, doesn't he? Which is even more creepy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he, and really he embeds him. himself into their life like he's always been there. Mm. So, yeah, he's kind of mm. gaslights them in a way, doesn't he? Mm. So, uh, when when they start to figure out that he's not, he wasn't there when, when he said he's there. And he's like, now, like, he was. He's like, no, but he's, no, he's not. That character had a lot of potential to potentially have been incorporated into earlier on in the season. They could have, but you imagine if if Kiss Kiss Bang Bang had opened and Jack had come back and Adam had kind of already been there and Adam was there throughout all of those beginning episodes. It could have been a really interesting little... um, subplot to have but it's definitely it's a very important episode for Tosh I think it's the between Greeks bearing gifts because that's actually another example of Tosh being manipulated she's pretty much like I hate to use this word she's kind of groomed by Mary in that episode she's kind of like caressed into doing stuff for her like and obviously you've got the pendant and stuff like that but you kind of watch her but then it's also kind of sad is then you get series two and she you kind of feel like oh no tosh you're making the same mistake babe yeah. you're making the same error again but you think she does she, she's easily led by these sort of characters that come in because she's just not get. she, she uh, do you reckon she's just sort of sick and tired of waiting for um owen and she's she's too easily led by it because she's so lonely. She just wants someone rather yeah. than just like, well, Owen's not going to give me that. Uh, I'm just going to go with whatever I see yeah. potential with rather than try on with Owen. She's very op- uh, opportune. Oh, what's the word? Opportun- no, I'm not going to say that. Op- yeah, she takes every opportunity as it comes. Yeah. Like, she's got, like, she, and I think it's a mixture of desperation a little bit and I don't think it's meant to be desperation but I think it does come across as desperation she kind of gets to the point where she's like well he's showing me interest like I'll do that like but I think with Tom, I think her relationship with Tommy is the first natural relationship she has you can tell like it's the first one that she genuinely feels like she's in full control of but she, it's it's sad when that falls apart at the end of the episode. But I think she's naturally one of those characters that isn't destined to have a happy ending. 
Yeah, you're right. She's not. She never had that. She no. never had a happy ending. I do really appreciate at the end though when um she mentioned about the space pig just for consistency that really made me happy because she was yeah. in Doctor Who in space series pig. one. She was in Doctor Two in series one. Yeah, this is what makes her character even more interesting. I think is the sense that um they took that opportunity and I think they knew that I don't think they originally probably planned to do that but I feel like that that might have been a fan thing that they had been on maybe like certain fan forums and they'd seen people theorizing that oh was that Toshiko in series one of Torchwood then because what fans then had discovered going back and watching Aliens of London which is the episode she's in is that she's got the exact same name she's got the exact same name so it's very clever. It's like little... I think Russell, yeah, Russell probably had it sort of planned. Really, yeah, thinking about. No. I don't think he had everything planned, but I feel like him that that to me came across as an opportunity. Yeah. They used that as an opportunity to go. Oh, okay, right. Well, we've got that. Like maybe it might be fun little thing to be like, let's like let your final minutes. Let's let's say like she's covered. She covered for Owings. She had a hangover. Like that'd be quite funny. Like. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah. I actually find her relationship going back to Gwen a little bit. Because you know, I always have to bring you back to Gwen. <laughs> her relationship with Gwen in Greeks bearing gifts. Um, and also, actually, the way she looks at Martha, like her relationship with women that she works with, has always been kind of a little bit negative, I found. Like, when Martha comes, she sort of has this little bit of a sort of a, a barrier comes up and like, oh, who's this? Like, who is this woman? Like, coming coming in. And she doesn't like it when Owen starts flirting with Martha either. She fancies her. She's bisexual, isn't she? She's got... No, no. And obviously oh, we, when we Owen... out on that. When she had the pendant, the pendant oh. with Owen... Uh, I think it all just goes right. back to Owen, though, really, isn't it? Because obviously Gwen had yeah, a Owen. Yeah, Owen, yeah. Then obviously he was Actually, Susie. Because Susie, oh, because when Susie says, actually, I watched this episode as well today. <laughs> you can tell I'm in isolation. Um, <laughs> that when Susie says to Gwen, have you slept with Owen yet? So mm-hmm. obviously there's backstory there. Every woman that seems, except from Tosh, has had some kind of relationship or sexual relationship with Owen. Yeah. Yeah. She she was really really um, salty with um, Gwen. Yeah. Was it when they were in the countryside? And she was like, "Oh, it didn't take you long to get your feet on the table or something." Yeah. She was yeah. so yeah. She, she, I think it's a mixture of of jealousy yeah. and it's a mixture of uh, being threatened. It's kind of that like. It's it's the same example of like of when you're you really fancy somebody and then somebody who is twice as good looking as you walks into the room and you think fuck off, like <laughs> it's kind of that. It's exactly that with with Gwen. Obviously, walking in, you've got this lovely Welsh. Well, you see if Mars is 10 times more good looking than the Okamori. Well, no, I'm not stating that and because that's not, that's not what the podcast is about, looks. It's about, it's about Tosh, <laughs> but, um, but I think she, she walks in and you can physically feel the, 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 the her, how threatened she feels by, by her. And it's really interesting. It's that whole, that whole dynamic and how that fleshes out. 
you kind of do it kind of dies by the end of series one but series two is um it kind of deletes that a little bit which is good because you shouldn't really have a lot of female female rivalry it's it's yeah, not good like she just, she just settles quite a little bit in terms of her friendship and a bit more so i think yeah she's then for the first well, especially when gwen's having the affair that's when i think their relationship is most turbulent because you know she she is yet yeah, threatened by her. But then you look back. Yeah, yeah. man. Because <laughs> of that, though, she's probably also envious of Gwen, being like, "You've already got a really good boyfriend. Like, you don't need Owen yeah. as well. Like, yeah. you're fine." I'd say too good for her. <laughs> I'd say Tosh is the moral compass of the group, mm. or one of them, anyway. Mm. Um, yeah. Like. We've- I, I, I- what, what, yeah, I think I, I think moral compass. Yeah, moral compass. Yeah, I do agree with that to an extent. But then you have got people like Gwen who come in and they're like, "We've got to do something." And I feel like that maybe Tosh did have a moral compass when she started, but like a lot of them, like it's just died with the job. Like yeah. there's only so much they can do, and I think that's what gives them all the shake up when Gwen walks in. She's like, "Why are we not doing enough?" And it's just like, "We're well, we can There's only four of us, babe. Have you seen how big like Cardiff is? Like it is, it's about you know when in the, even in the first episode when she obviously has to cover up that guy who's been like mauled by the weevil, and Job. she's like, oh yeah, I've just got you know a body in the morgue, just you know change your work for today, you know, and she's just like, what? So this is murder, and you're just going to cover it up? She's like, yep, yeah, it's my job. Like it was like didn't phase her. She's like, yeah, it's just my job. Which is yeah. weird because she seemed to care about the weevils in that episode, in one of the episodes, because she was like, when um, was it the one where Owen and the into that ring? Weevils. Yeah, yeah. Bomba. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to Jack, she was like, "Oh, we would never do that to a human." Mm. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. So, I but then I also think it's to do with continuity. I think sometimes in in series you can, um, what was it? It was in Doctor Who last series, Doctor Who. There's a line that, oh no, it's one of the Jodie Whisker series, and she says, "I don't like conspiracies." And then, like five episodes later, oh no. I love, she said, I love a conspiracy. And then like five episodes later, she's like, don't like hideaways, do not like conspiracies. And I think sometimes the problem is if you have, if you have too many, if there's not communication across the scripts, sometimes there can be slight contradictions yeah. in dialogue. Know, like, with, with season two, especially, they didn't know which order this, they, they were going to go in. Because mm-hmm. I always like wondered why they really didn't talk about when Gwen had got married, why didn't we really talk about like the wedding as such? Honeymoon, they yeah. Didn't, didn't nearly know where these these episodes were going to go, um, so that's why you don't really hear much about. You know, you, you hear bits of it in the first few episodes. Oh, we're looking for a, you know, a sort of a place to get married and all that kind of things, but you don't really see it coming to the end of the season. But you think it's because they didn't know which order some of the episodes. Yeah. Well, Adam was meant to be after something borrowed and you can t- now knowing that information you can tell because of the details that are in that beginning part of that episode the fact that they've been on a honeymoon which yeah, to be honest married. they're going on holiday <laughs> oh they're going on holiday I sort of I know it's one yeah they went yeah. to Paris didn't they went to Paris yeah. yeah she knows the details which yeah. <laughs> yeah. the details <laughs> I don't know much, but I know a lot of stuff on so much wood. If I if I was in a torture quiz, you're me, me on my team. Me on my team. <laughs> what are we talking about? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Her her bisexual side. That's it. We haven't actually ventured into that, have we? No, but I think that's one. That's one thing. A nice thing I've talked about. Even at that point in time, where obviously coming out was still much more of a big thing than it is now, but it just felt so normal for them. Everyone's bi and sexual, aren't they? Pretty much. Yeah. I think it has actually been said that they're all bisexual. I don't think any of them are straight. Tosh and um, uh, Gwen, when they went like started for the other team in their episodes, they were manipulated into doing so. Yeah. Mm. So is that technically bi? Yeah, that's why I, I, I always think that Gwen isn't technically bi because obviously she was it was the, the hormones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the hormones. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, sorry. I don't know why I laughed at that. It was really immature. gas. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, just going quick back earlier, like saying how much of more, like, torture has no limits. They re-cemented that with the mm. fact that episode two is about sex gas. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't really. They went went full throttle, really, didn't they? With the... I don't think that episode has aged very well. I don't yeah. think. There's a lot of things actually in torture that haven't aged very well. <laughs> There's a, a line in Greeks bearing gifts that a lot of people have problems with. What's the line? Jack, the Jack having Jack, it's he was talking about with a, um, somebody used to work with who obviously had transitioned and it wasn't sort of put, I wouldn't say in the best way. It the line wasn't delivered in the best way. And a lot of people say it was transphobic. Oh, that's interesting. It's written that episode's written by Toby, Toby Whithouse. I was expecting it to be written by somebody who is necessarily not with the uh trans support wise but oh, to be fair i'm not saying that he he is a supporter of that but it would um it was probably just like didn't really think much about yeah, I guess it's a, it's different time or it's just probably suit attitudes to be fair if you think back these this is 2006 yeah. these episodes were filmed so a lot of people would probably yeah it would be like I, I don't think until I think you would never be able to get away with that now. But I think back in the day, I don't That's think so and all of those kind of types of people would be um, represented in a very very good light. Unfortunately, it, it is what it is. Day, yeah. It's it's we still love it. It's all still good. There's nothing major in it, so mm. it's all good. But I think I think we've pretty much covered everything. I think so. but yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always loved Tosh. I mean, I think out of, yeah, out of the female team, I do lean towards Gwen, but I have always loved Tosh. I've always appreciated her as a character. And yeah, definitely not take away from her ending because it was so well done. Yeah, and I also, I also think for Asian representation as well, being obviously that's quite a big subject at the moment with representation in Hollywood and didn't, you, you don't see a lot of Asian actresses getting big roles. And I think for, for its time, having an Asian actress um, probably was actually quite a good good thing to to have to have representation mm. for the Japanese yeah. people. I think that's just Andy Pryor, um, yeah. but, uh, who is just the casting director god. Who Russell has continued to work with ever since doing Doctor Who and Torchwood. I don't know. Oh no, Andy Pryor does still cast Doctor Who now, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think that that's just... Because I don't know... I think, obviously, they were always going to cast somebody. They were always going to be kind of um, 
diverse in who they were going to cast for that because obviously at the time like it was a show run by Rossi Davis like I don't think he was gonna it was all gonna be a load of bunch of white males because yeah. it's just boring isn't it and at the time really it was we were coming into we were still quite far off but they were still always trying to break down barriers and mm. yeah I think the character of Tosh is a really interesting one she's one that you you don't think is going to be when you first meet her you can't think oh she's a bit bloody boring like she's got nothing really going for her and then I think she really takes a strive throughout the episodes and you once you kind of get to know her you kind of you can see why people fall in love with mm-hmm. with her and those quiet, characters yeah. he's a quiet one because yeah. I always feel that like a lot of people I just say gravitate towards Gwen because mm-hmm. Gwen is so loud she's she's very brash and very like in your face so you yeah. always sort of lean towards Gwen more because she has she's bleed female lead as well yeah I mean and, the story kind of revolves around Gwen doesn't it yeah her, her entrance into the team yeah I guess mm. yeah she I just think good yeah, just just general good character and I think I, I think that's the thing that made those first two series of torch would work so well as I think if you hadn't had those characters are so integral to those stories I think there's sometimes with Doctor Who it sometimes relies on the supporting cast and people who come in with Torchwood it was always that main cast and those characters and I think what was that? It was a great ensemble. Yeah, I think it wouldn't maybe necessarily have done as well as it did if you didn't have characters like Toshiko and the struggles that she went through. Because actually, I think a lot of people relate with Toshiko, like we were talking about earlier. We're relating; they relate with Tosh a lot because of the her her love struggle, really. Like, I'm, I'm not an intellectual level as well. Seeing a yeah. woman into technology and computers is not really what you really see very often. No, exactly. You kind of paint like an IT technician. You just see a man and like, well, you see IT crowd, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, Richard Iowadi and <laughs> well, them lot. Yeah, but yeah, incredibly ahead of its time in that respect. Yeah, the way yeah. deal with stereotypes and uh, sexuality is very ahead of it. But that's just Russell. That's just yeah. Russell. That, that that show just like when you when you watch that first episode, it's just you can just tell. But with what gets set up for what Russell sets that show up for, you can just it just screams like yeah, it's two thousand six, but like uh, bisexuality, like sex monsters, like it's just everything like thrown at it. And I think also because it had been the first proper adult spin-off Doctor Who had ever had, it was kind of like, oh, we could do something like this and we won't get like sued for it. Like, but yeah, yeah. I've, I've kind of run out of things to say about Tosh. <laughs> Yeah, I think we should need your whole podcast episode about class. That that'll be yeah. in the what we change writing wise. I think. Yeah. That's, that's I feel like it would just be an hour of us talking about like where it went wrong. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think the class podcast would be. I I love that cast and I love that. I do love that kind of those characters, but I just think that show has got so many issues. I feel like it would it would be like a four hour podcast. Oh, we, can, we can do episode by episode because I think oh, God. 
some this really, we're talking about. really yeah. strong idea wise but again it's my whole thing about mm. triple zero it's great idea bad execution and that's yeah. how really short and yeah the cast absolutely lovely characters amazing i think the premise is amazing yeah having this set of coal hill and it just yeah. got it got it totally wrong yeah, again, with, with classic Oda always has run its course very quickly. Like within two years, those cast members realistically would have left Coal Hill as well. Mm. So it always always had a longevity of like two years. I, I think I think you I agree with that. I think the problem is with school dramas, you are always on a time frame. Like I don't want to go onto a tangent with class. I'm not here to talk about class. We're here to talk about Toshiko. But I think that that show would have. I think I think that show hit a very sour point in when when it was announced it was announced on a very special anniversary for torchwood so already it was not very well marketed in the sense that people were like oh my God, we're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get torchwood we're gonna get another series of torchwood and they announced it and everyone was just like this is just torchwood in a school this is just torturing a school. But like I, I just think looking back on that time, Doctor Who didn't even know what it wanted to be. So I think spin-offs and stuff like that. I feel like Doctor Who is in a lot better place now if it was to have different spin-offs. But I feel like if you had had class now, it would have been a different thing. But I think it just doesn't want the whole if, different podcast. If, if torture was going to happen, mm. it will happen in Chibnall's era. But mm stuff that's obviously happened in the last year or so that's come out I think now it's starting to look a lot less likely that uh, the BBC will do talks with that I think we I think at the minute way I see it is I'm gonna wait and see what this series brings because I've got a horrible horrible feeling that um, somebody is going to pop up in this series that had been pre-recorded prior to said problem that we won't discuss but i feel like we will we will find out in two in which one there's weeks. few problems thomas i don't know which problem you're on about no, oh i'm talking about i'm talking about barrowman being naughty oh, all right then <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm talking about barrowman being naughty oh that would not yeah and I, well i think we'll find out within the next two weeks whether he's in it because well no next week next one next next saturday because they're doing the san diego comic-con panel would it be a big deal if he if don barman turned up in it like can that really be that big i think it will be i think press wise it will i i if i was in chris chibnall's position i would be discussing with the bbc what to do because it'll cost i think the problem is if he's in an entire episode if they cut an entire episode that's millions wasted like that's too much they either live the backlash and have him turn up in it acknowledge that like he's been a naughty boy and that he shouldn't have behaved the way he behaved but I, I don't think he will turn up but i have a horrible feeling that he is going to turn up in some shape or form in this series but we'll have to wait and see, won't we? I'm actually really looking forward to the new series, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Are you guys looking forward to it? Uh, was it was it um the, the 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 set list, not set list, the the episode set list. Yeah, Jody Jody's going on tour. <laughs> 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 I mean, um, you can see yellow. 
from Coldplay. Yeah, she can just sing yellow for like two hours set. <laughs> wow, this is S. This is S. <laughs> That's my Jodie Whittaker impression. That's S. <laughs> That's really good. That's S. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, uh, episode list. Do you set like the episode list of how many episodes? Yeah, it was it was eight, wasn't it? Yeah, we've got eight yeah. episodes, and then I think a special. I mean, yeah. I am skeptical going into it because of my feelings towards the era, but I do yeah. I do want to be amazed. Third I charm, third time's the charm. Yeah, I think I'm 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 worried because it's less episodes, so. I think with a longer series, they've got buffer room to have bad episodes. With less episodes in a series, they have got less room to have a poor episode. They've lost two episodes this year. I would I wouldn't be surprised as well if Chibnall like drops a massive bomb and she regenerates and he doesn't announce anybody until she regenerates. Yeah. yeah. Or if he leaves her on a cliffhanger, that feels like a kind of thing that she will start to regenerate and you just won't know. Mm. But then that meltdown. This scares me a little bit that he'll do something like that and then like the what what worries me more with if he does something like that it'll worry me with my ocd that then they'll go to record the regeneration second part in like two months or three months later and it'll look different my ocd will be like oh no it looks different in the special when her hair was a lot longer it's like you could have done something about that for one scene please just because if yeah. like yeah her hair is always an issue. Yeah, hair is a, always <laughs> an issue. Well, in, in most TV shows anyway, but it's, I think, I think it's got potential. I worry that they've played it safe mm. with this series. I feel like there's a lot of a lot, return. I think there's a lot of fun service with the aliens they've chosen. They've, they've done a lot of fan service. I think there's a lot of returning monsters this year and there's not a lot of, like new monsters and i think one of the monsters that looks new looks absolute rubbish it was absolutely ridiculed i don't want to i don't want to go into spoilers because obviously if there's listeners that don't like the stuff with this but there's some stuff that yeah it's it's not good can't be worse than the pating though can it it was a bit weird though oh yeah yeah the the, the two fairy oh yeah I think I think it'll be better than that, but we'll have to wait and see. I think. Did you reckon it's going to be the next one? Oh God, that's our bloody podcast in itself. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I I said to Sophie. I said Michael Sheen personally for me. I feel like, uh, but I worry that if they do Michael Sheen, it would have to have um it would have the same effect as what Capaldi had because people don't respond well unfortunately in the, the world we live in they don't respond to well to an older doctor that's just how i feel i love i think peter Capaldi is a brilliant actor and i think what he did doctor who was really good but i think it just the show just absolutely flobbled to bits when like between the writing and they couldn't figure out what they want to do with him and i feel like i would much rather have a new actor come in i love michael sheen he'd be my like like high-end actor to come in and do it but i think if they were to get somebody else i'd want them to be an unknown That'd be like Matt or... having another white man play after jodie whitaker yeah i feel like it should be another woman it, yeah, i feel like, like it should i feel I like if it's i think it, yeah i agree i think i think if it's i think if chris 
if Jodie leaves and Chris is still staying on for another season or two with a new doctor, I think it will be a woman. I don't think in Chris's run that it'll be a man. I'll be very surprised. I think, I think um, what's, her, what's the woman who was in Years and Years? Oh. Oh, uh, Tiana Mil- um, Tiana yeah. Miller, I think. Tiana yeah. Miller? Oh, she yeah. was in um, Hellbent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She she'd was, be good. Yeah. yeah, she'd be really good. I think they should just stick with Joe Martin. I reckon that's what Chibnall will do. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll probably have a whole um, episode theorising, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot to theorise. Yeah, I mean, when we've got more information further down the line, I think we can, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, the Doctor is always so much to discuss. I mean... Um, When's it coming out, anyway, the new series? Uh, is it this year? I don't know. I don't know. I don't possibly towards autumn or something, but will it, will it, will it start? Will it start with the with the New Year's Day special? It oh. could do. It could do. I really don't know when hmm. it's going to start, but we'll see. I mean, I think I mean, at the, I think at the minute, from what uh, if they're about to start promoting it, they they wrap next Friday for series thirteen, and I think that they will be. They're promoting it with SDCC, so I think realistically you're looking at a trailer next week, and I think it's room to start in September Ooh. to run pre-Christmas, and then the special will be uh, New Year's Day. Okay. The special, the one special they're doing for this season. That's yeah, I think we've got more information. We'll definitely have to do an episode about what we think is going to happen, especially when we get the trailers and stuff. Yeah, defo be good i mean yeah and if you both ever want to come on we've we've started well we've already recorded it hasn't come out yet um the like writing series about like what we changed with episodes we did one i mean it's upcoming we we did a whole thing about orphan 55 um about what we thought and what we changed stuff so there's any episodes that you both think that you would tweak in any way then you're more than welcome to come on for that yeah definitely yeah because that was was oh yeah I'd, i'd love to do that that sounds amazing yeah, it was, it was a good discussion. I'm going to do a whole big series on that because I think there's a lot of episodes we want to talk about. There's loads, yeah. Yeah. But... And I think, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I think, especially the conversation that's been had about Jodie and Jodie potentially leaving, I think it's going to, I think every time we have a Doctor changeover, it's a really interesting conversation. But I feel, I don't think Jodie's going anywhere. No. In all honesty, I don't think Jodie's going anywhere. I think... I think she will likely do this series because you've got to think each doctor has kind of done three or four seasons. This is Jodie's third season that's about to be finishing next week. I think realistically, I think she'll do, I think they're going to do a DT with her. And I think the rumours that they're doing a special, these specials next year kind of add up. They kind of add up that it, it, that she will go out the same way that David did, and David they'll do like four specials throughout the year, and then she'll leave at Christmas in a two-part Christmas New Year's Day special. That would be so, yeah. You've got to think of it. She's a mum as well, and you know, like I'm guessing the filming schedule must be absolutely crazy. Well, I think it probably is worse right now because she probably has to be careful with going back and forth because if if her child is going to school and with with all this stuff that's going with COVID and the regulation, she probably has to be tested so regularly. Mm-hmm. It's probably an absolute nightmare. I cannot imagine, like, and I think that has to be taken into account with this series of Doctor Who to an extent. Like a lot of people have to remember that these have been recorded in lockdown yeah. and 
in certain areas of stuff there's been stuff recorded and it might not look as good as what it always does but at least we've got it at least they've bothered we literally we could have not even had another series this year we literally couldn't have had anything they might have been like no we're not going to risk it we're just going to wait until 2022 and do another full 10 seasons and 10 episodes not 10 seasons that would be impressive. Yeah, I mean, nice little dot two tangents again, but it all kind of fits. Nice little tangent. I mean, uh, it's a podcast about uh, Tosh. We just got on talking about the new series, dot two. I mean, we go on tangents oh, quite a bit. All so, yeah. yeah. That's tangent. how our episodes are so long. We talk about the actual thing for maybe like an hour and two. The last hour is just a big just tangent about whatever. Tangent. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. look at last week. We started off talking about theatre, then we spent an hour talking about what we actually came to talk about. Then the last half hour <laughs> was back to, to theatre. Yeah. So um, it happens. But yeah, thank you all for coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's thank you. It was really nice as well to have like you guys here as well. So see, we met through Torchwood. So yeah. anything that we talked about as well when we were at school was Torchwood. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, isn't, yeah. Worlds collide. All, all from... That's what we did there. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I can definitely tell you next week will be theatre part two because it's already been recorded like a couple of weeks ago when Steph and Hannah were down. We did a whole kind of second part to the one I did with Vicky, but it's more fan side talking about like audience and why we love theatre and like, you know, just the second part of that. So everyone stay tuned for that because that was really fun. <laughs> that was really fun to do. Um, yeah, and this, yeah, we're approaching sort of the end of series one now. So we've got next week is theatre part two. Then we've got another character episode. Then we've got our Orphan 55 talk. Yeah. And then we yeah. hopefully will have Gwen episode, but we'll, we'll see what happens. What a finale. I shall be there for that one. It'll be about five hours long because I I, I will be Gwen for about five hours. I think I will be a listener for that one. I don't think I feel like there's going to be enough. No, no, no. I feel like there's oh, going to be. Oh, you've got to join. You've got to join. Oh yeah, I think I'm going to be a listener. No, it's going to be mental. It's going to be mental. That's why. I, I feel like there's going to be too many of us, or I might come on for five minutes and be like, "Hello, right, this is my opinion on her." Okay, I'm going to go. Bye. <laughs> Maybe that could be the whole thing. People sort of coming on for like half hour sprint and then going like, off again. Yeah, like speed dating. Just have like five <laughs> minute sections for every person. <laughs> yes, for that. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see how many people want to do it and then we'll figure it out but yeah that I plan for that to be finale just because it's going to be the long one it's going to be a <laughs> mental one I have teased it it's, it's going to happen it needs to happen you never now. know there could be arguments <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this series might end end abruptly with Brunch being like right stop recording <laughs> grab your popcorn ladies and gents here we go everyone <laughs> just chose <laughs> be when we have our chipple discussion with steph and emmy because there will be disagreements there it just turns okay. into it just turns into a censored like you beep 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 like no you're right you beep, beep. <laughs> just censor it for a whole hour oh that would be funny oh god it's so funny right yeah no yes yes thank you all again for coming on hope everyone's enjoyed listening so we've had fun doing it um Happy Sunday, everyone. Yeah, stay tuned for the theatre part two next week. And then character week after, we'll see what we're in the mood for. <laughs> As always, um, when we talk to a bit, we some other thing. Whatever we've watched recently, I think will be the, yeah, be the gist. But I think I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, again, thank you all for listening. Hope you've enjoyed. Stay tuned for more next week. 
you want to help with the outro? No, no, no. Okay, you don't. You don't harmonise. I've got an audience. No, I'm not going to. Well, we haven't got it quite down yet. By series two, we'll we'll have it down. But I'll let you do it tonight. Okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. Space Ace out. Bye.